conspiracy, what do you believe? Welcome back to Conspiracies, What Do You Believe? We hope everyone is being safe and doing the best that they can do. Sorry for the delay in between episodes, but we're here with episode number 23, Edgar Casey. Edgar Casey was born March 18, 1877 in Christian County, Kentucky. He died January 3, 1945 at Virginia Beach, Virginia. When he died, he was 67 years old. He was buried at Riverside Cemetery in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. His occupation was recorded as a mystic and a clairvoyant, and he was the founder of the Association for Research and Enlightenment. Casey's wife was Gertrude Evans, whom he married in 1903. She also died in 1945. They had three children, Hugh Lynn, 1907 to 1982, Milton Porter, 1911 to 1911, and Edgar Evans, 1918-2013. His parents were Leslie B. and Carrie Casey. Wait, the last son almost lived in here. Almost. That'd be cool to be able to talk to him. Edgar Casey answered questions on healing, dreams, reincarnation, Atlantis, the afterlife, and future events. He, just, he did this while in a self-induced sleep, so it kind of like hypnotized himself. Something like that. He said the subconscious mind explored the dream world where all subconscious minds are connected. So everybody's connected subconsciously. Edgar Casey is the most documented psychic of all time. There are more than 300 books written on his writings and the man. The Association for Research and Enlightenment was to store and study his writings and other material. A biographer once called him the sleeping prophet. Casey was into health and diet, food combining, therapeutic use of food, and acid alkaline diet. Some people say he was the principal source and true creator of the New Age movement. What's the New Age movement? The New Age spirituality. Like, but if you look at it, it almost the same thing. It does, but there's a new age. People want credit. Casey was one of six children born to a farmer's of When he was a child, he saw his dead grandfather and played with the little children. If he looked real hard, he said he could see through them, called them incorporate. So when he talks about the little folk, is that like... Uh, Casey had trouble in school. He couldn't keep his mind on his schoolwork. At age 10, he went to church where he became engrossed in the Bible. In May of 1889, when he was reading the Bible, he saw a woman with wings. She told him his prayers were answered and asked what he wanted the most. He said he wanted to help people, especially sick children. So he decided he wanted to become a missionary. The following night after his father received a complaint from Casey's teacher, his father let him sleep real him on his spelling and knocked him out of his chair after being ignored. That's kind of mean. Strict that parenting. When, huh? Strict parenting. Yeah. That's when Casey heard the lady's voice who had appeared to him. She told him if he could sleep, they could help him. 
He begged his father to let him rest and he fell asleep, but he sat on his spelling book. When his father woke him, he knew all the answers he could repeat in the book. Casey used all his school books that way, so he would just take a school book and lay down there to sleep on it, and he knew what everything was in it. That would be so nice. Wouldn't it though? In 1892, Casey's teacher held him as his best student. He told his teacher that he saw pictures of, of the pages of the books. His father ended up being proud of him and told everyone. This made Casey look different to his peers. Yeah, that would. Probably got me fun Could be. Casey showed an ability to diagnose in his sleep. This came about when he was hit by a ball on the base of his spine. He started to act strange, so he was put to bed. In his sleep, he came up with a cure. His family made it, and he was indeed cured while he slept. His father bragged about him as being the greatest person in the world when he slept. It took several years for Casey to do this again. One example of Casey's unusual, per unusual personality was he was he rode a mule to a farmhouse after work. The mule no one was able to ride. The owner thought that he could break the mule since Casey was riding it, but the mule threw him off. From 1893 to 1912, in December of 1893, the Casey family moved to 705 West 7th, Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Edgar had an 8th grade education because his family couldn't pay the school costs. At this time, he developed psychic abilities and left the farm to find employment. During that era, a ninth grade education was more than enough. So they say. On March 14, 1897, Casey became engaged to Gertrude Atwood. Casey was a member of the Disciples of Christ. He read the Bible every year, once a year. He taught Sunday school and recruited missionaries. Casey said he could see people's auras, heard voices of relatives who had passed, and spoke to angels. In the 1900s, Casey and his father started a business to sell Woodman of the World insurance, but in March, he got laryngitis with complete loss of speech. He lived with his parents for almost a year during his affliction. He took up, he took up photography and became very good at it. He regained his voice through hypnosis with the help of Al Lane, who was a hypnotist. It did take him some time to recover. A suggestion was made to Casey to offer his trance healings to the public but he had no idea what he was prescribing when asleep and didn't know if the remedies were safe. He finally agreed as long as the readings were free. He said he didn't want to know anything about the patient. Lane described Casey's method as a self-trance with clairvoyance. Casey could do this with the person present and by letter with the person's name and location. He could diagnose the mental and physical conditions of the person he called the entity. Then he provided a remedy. Casey was still hesitant to do the readings because he worried about one dead person would make him a murderer. His fiance agreed. The majority of the public didn't know what he was doing. In that time people believed that hypnosis led to insanity or health problems. Casey became famous and people from around the world sought his advice by mail. In May of 1902, Casey landed employment at a bookstore at Bowling Green. He roomed with young professionals of two who were doctors. They 
There he again lost his voice and Lane came to help with the cure. Still, Casey did not take money for his readings. Al Lane revealed to the professionals at the boarding house. The state medical board got wind of it and closed Lane's practice. It's kind of harsh. Yeah. Casey and a relative opened up a photography studio in Portland, Green, while doctors formed a committee to look into Casey's abilities with his help. After experiments, the doctor concluded Casey's readings were accurate. After a violent examination, Casey refused to continue. He only held readings for people who needed help and believed in his readings. In 1906 to 1907, fires burned down the studios, causing Casey to file bankruptcy. Wesley H. Ketchum was a homeopath and wanted Casey to go into business with him. Casey refused. Ketchum wouldn't give up. He spread information to the medical community and was written up in the papers. A reporter contacted Casey, so he explained how he performed the readings and that his intu intuitive sleep was different than his normal sleep. He said it happened by the capabilities of his subconscious mind. Casey finally went into business with Ketchum, but under certain conditions. Casey did not take money for his readings. The company set him up with a doctor's studio for his income. There would be a separate building for his readings and 50% of the earnings to his father. When Gertrude came down with TB, a reading cured her when doctors couldn't. Casey found out that Ketchum wasn't being honest about the readings, that he used them to gamble for finances, and that the medical profession didn't back them. So Casey quit the business and went back to Tesla Photography in Selma, Alabama. Wow, see? He was screwed back then, too. Well, people always got screwed. 1912 to 1923 in Selma, Alabama. When Casey's fame increased, so did his work. He asked for donations to support his family so he could practice full time. To help with money, he invented a card game, Pit, and it's still being sold today. Did yeah, it's actually. No, but I looked it up. It's being sold on Amazon. Well, that's cool. We'll have to get it. Casey worked in a trans state with a hypnotic hypnotist all his life. After Al Lane, he worked with his wife and son with Gladys Davis, who recorded the readings in short. Several commercialized minded men wanted to use Casey's clairvoyant abilities to get rich. He was offered $100 a day by a cotton merchant for daily outcomes of the cotton market. Casey refused. People also wanted Casey to tell them where to hunt for treasure and the outcome of horse races. He again declined to use his gifts to help the sick and distressed. I mean, he's pretty set on helping the sick and stuff and everybody's just greedy. Yeah, well, using for their own. So they could get money. Yep. In 1923, Arthur Lamers was a wealthy printer who persuaded Casey to do readings on philosophical subjects. While he was in a trance, he told the Lamers past lives and reincarnation. When he was told this, Casey didn't believe it because it went against Christian doctrine. So he was so he asked his secretary. When she affirmed it, he still didn't believe. He may have referred to reincarnation in his earlier readings. So, even though he was predicting it and almost all of his stuff was true, he still didn't believe some of it. Right. From 1923 to 1925, Edgar Casey went to a 
went to Dayton to continue metaphysical truth by the ways of readings on Lamer's request. Gertrude was interested but doubtful. Casey composed many metaphysical information which he tried to reconcile the information with Christianity. Lamers asserted that Matthew chapter 5 was the constitution of Christianity, the Sermon on the Mount was the Declaration of Independence, Casey's subconscious mind was at ease with the language of metaphysics as with anatomy and medicine. Casey still struggled with his conscience on his readings because they went against what he believed in the Bible. It became so bad that he wanted to quit the channeling session. Again, he lost his voice. While doing a reading for himself, he was told if he quits being a channel, his life mission would be complete. His trance voice convinced him to continue. Lambers wanted to put up money to start an organization to support Casey's healing procedures. Casey decided to do this, but Lambers was in financial trouble by the end of 1923 and couldn't do it. That was the time Casey decided to focus on readings dealing with health. The channel readings frequently involved the use of unusual electrotypes, a diet, ultraviolet light, message, gemstones, less mental work, the American Medical Association began closely watching him so he decided to legitimize his operations by using licensed medical practitioners. In 1925, while in a trance, his voice told him to move to Virginia Beach, Virginia, across from the beach. The voice said the sand's crystals held properties to promote fast healing. Why doesn't everybody just move to Virginia Beach? And use the crystal. 1925 to 1945, this is the time Casey's created institutions. At this time, he was a professional psychic with some employees and volunteers. The readings involved the cult or esoteric themes. There was a lack of money, but the people interested in Casey's work helped out. A young man, Morton Blumenthal, who, along with his brother, worked at the New York Stock Exchange, was very interested in the Casey. He offered to finance Casey's vision. He bought the Casey's a house. May 6, 1927. The Association of National Investigation, incorporated in Virginia, managed building the hospital and scientific study of the readings. Morton was president. Morton's brother and some others were vice presidents. Casey was secretary and treasurer. Gladys was the assistant secretary. Protection against legal prosecution by rules. And the rules were any person wanting a reading had to become a member of the association, agree that they were participating in psychic research. Huh. In 1928, Dr. Mosley Brown, Washington and Lee University, head of psycholo psychology, joined the association. October 11, 1928, the hospital complex was dedicated. The hospital included a block for the readings, library, lecture hall, a large living room, offices, 12-car garage, servants' quarters, and a tennis court. The hospital constantly checked on the remedies for many illnesses. Casey wanted to produce a concise and detailed information that medical professionals could use. So what happened to all this stuff? What use is it for? Nope. Dr. Sunker A. Bisley, he was a distinguished chemist. He also used psychic knowledge to make medicine. Dr. Bisley worked with Casey to make atomodyne, 
or oral iodine. The basic reasons for all the cures was the understanding of needed qualities through the digestive system. Some therapies, hot compresses, salt packs, collar healing, poultices, vibrator treatment, magnetism, massage, dental therapy, osteopathic manipulation, colonics, antiseptics, enemas, inhalants, essential oils, homeopathic mud baths. So that's just you? Yeah, something just doesn't seem very... Dental therapy? Was it like massaging the gums though? I have no idea. Substances that were used. Oils, magnesia, lactated pepsin, animated ash, aconite, asinine, asinine, I'm sorry, salts, herbs, bismuth, turpentine, soda, laudanum, iodine, alcohol, cream of tartar, witch hazel, castoria, charcoal, camphor, and gold solution. The purpose of the readings was to make a healthy body and remove the cause of the ailment. The reading would tell if there was a problem with the recovery. There was a waiting list. Brown and Blumenthal planned a university to go with the hospital. The university was to be bigger than the hospital. On September 16, 1930, Blumenthal set up a meeting where he obtained ownership of the hospital. September 22, 1930, the university opened. After one semester, he pulled his support and on February 26, 1931, the association was closed. Casey took the recordings with him. So why did they close if he wanted to help? I don't think there's really any... uh, No explanation. Spiritual teachings. During the Depression, Casey started his spiritual teachings. In 1931, Casey's family and friends asked him how they could become psychic. This led him to 11 years of written work that led him to form study groups. Casey, in his sleep state, told the group the purpose of life was to become more spiritually aware and a more loving person, not to become psychic. Casey told the study group they could bring light to the world and the lessons would be studied for a hundred years in the future. The readings studied were about dreams developing consciousness, karma, astrology, the Akashic records, past life relationships, soulmates, and other subjects. June 6, 1931, 61 people met to continue the work and form the Association for Research and Enlightenment. July 1931, the Association was incorporated. Edgar Case returned to the house to Blumenthal. Then he bought another house. Hugh Lynn, Casey's son, proposed develop a stock in trade, build a library of research, hold study groups, and Casey would do two readings a day. The association accepted the proposal. Hugh Lynn made a monthly bulletin for the members. The bulletin included readings on general interest subjects, health, interesting cases, book reviews on psychic books, and news of other subjects on psychic. The mailing list was kept to 300 members who showed a lot of interest. In June 1932, the first annual congress of the association was held. 1940 to 1941, an office, library, and vault were added to the Casey's house, paid by members raising money. 
The membership averaged 500 to 600 per year. The turnover was about 200 to 300. The others were steady members. The members were from Protestant churches, Theosophy, Christian Sciences, and Spiritualism, Coming churches, and many other Oriental religions. So it was kind of like everybody from different religions all come together. Basically. Edgar Cayce's philosophy. If it makes you a better member of your church, then it is good. If it takes you away from your church, then it is bad. Both of Casey's sons entered the armed forces during the war. In 1941, Hugh Lynn married. The following year, Edgar Evans married. In March 1943, the only biography of Casey's during his life was published. Because of this book, public demand increased. Casey had to hire more office help, and the readings increased to six a day. Especially for that time. The association received national recognition because of the 1943 article, Miracle Man of Virginia Beach and the Quarkins. During World War II, Casey helped the families of soldiers missing in action, increasing the readings to eight a day. While in a trance, the voice told him to limit the readings to two a day or it would eventually kill him. In June 1943 to June 1944, there were 1,385 recorded readings. Then in August 1944, Casey collapsed. The reading on, on this told him to rest until well or dead. So he and his wife went to the Virginia mountains, but in September 1944, Casey had a stroke. On Jula January 3, 1945, he died. Gertrude followed three months later. The association classified 14,000 plus files. Files from March 31st, 1901 to September 17th, 1944. There are 14,306 readings at ARE, that's Casey's headquarters in Virginia Beach, and online. Edgar Casey performed readings, was a psychic and clairvoyant, saw auras, was a medium, prophesied, viewed the Akashic records, and astral projection. A few of his clients were Thomas Edison, Irving Berlin, Woodrow Wilson, and George Gershwin. In 1971, Casey's son wrote The Outer Limits of Edgar Casey's Powers, claiming their father had an 85% success rate. Critics thought the success rate was lower since the study wasn't done in a controlled environment. So most of the time critics would say that that number was too high, that they're marking the stuff up, but now they're saying... These ones were saying it was too low. Yeah. <coughs> Back then, I didn't. I don't think they knew anything about the controlled environment. The supporters. Let's look at one of his supporters, Wesley Harrison Ketchum. Ketchum was a staunch supporter of Casey. He was born November 11, 1878, in Lisbon, Ohio, and died November 28, 1968. He was 90 years old. In the 1900s, he worked with Casey. In before Ketchum graduated from Cleveland College of Homeopathic Medicine, and in 1964 he wrote the book The Discovery of Edgar Casey. In his readings, Casey went into his sleep-like state by lying on a couch, folding his arms over his stomach and closing his eyes. Then he could respond to any question. The readings were responses to questions. The majority of his readings were of holistic health and treatment of illnesses. People today get physical relief by reading the information in his readings. The readings cover 10,000 topics. They can be narrowed down to health-related, 
philosophy, reincarnation, dreams and interpretations, ESP and psychic phenomena, spiritual growth, meditation, and prayer. While in his trance readings, he did history of life on earth, poly, there were five human races, white, black, yellow, red, and brown, simultaneously created in different parts of the earth. The existence of Atlantis and aliens, the red race developed in Atlantis. So entities on Earth were mixed with animals who produced giants up to 12 feet tall. Wow. The critics didn't believe in his abilities. They believed most of the information from the trances came from the books he had read. Some of his prophecies, these are some of the ones that came true. 1929, U.S. stock market crashed. Rise and fall of Adolf Hitler. 1936, World War II begins. 1941, America enters the war. In 1945, the end of World War II. America will maintain the balance of power in the world. His own death, FDR and JFK death. The Dead Sea Scrolls. The return of Jews to Israel. Communism and Soviet Union collapse. And psychic phenomena scientifically proven before 1989. And here is some more of the future prophecies that might come true. War in Persian Gulf. China will be the cradle of Christianity. That seems kind of like a long stretch, honestly. Volcanic activity produces tsunamis and earthquakes. Ocean levels will rise. Earth changes will destroy nations. 1,000 years golden age will follow earth changes. New human root race will evolve. Armageddon will be a spiritual battle. City of gold in the Gobi Desert. And self-fueling perpetual motion machines. Casey would end his readings with, We are through. And that is it for episode 23, Edgar Casey.